Hi, I'm your host, Rowan Tonkin, and welcome to Being Planful, the show for FP&A leaders and planning experts. Hi, welcome to Being Planful. I've just recorded an amazing session with Robert Kugel of Ventana Research. Robert and I talked a lot about the business continuity and the trends that are emerging post-pandemic in the FP&A space and how you can gain business advantage with continuous planning. So over to the session with Robert and myself. Hope you enjoy it. Rob, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to, to talking through some of these really, uh, really meaty topics and and some uh, highly um, focal topics uh, that we're seeing uh, all across the FP&A space today. And so, Rob, as we get started, I'd, I'd firstly like to uh, like to introduce everyone to their cup of coffee. Uh, I know we've sent everyone out some some coffee um, for this session today. So. Make sure that you've got that cup, you're awake, uh, we've got some really great stuff. And, and Rob, let's kick off. What are you seeing as some of the biggest planning challenges uh, that businesses face today? I, I think the, one of the most important and overarching issues is that um, uh, a lot of companies are finding that their planning and budgeting process is really unable to provide the kind of uh, agility and resiliency uh, that they need in a period of change. Um, and it's been a long period of change, really. Um, for the past six months, companies have had to um, uh, deal with uh, a change in outlook, a fairly fundamental change in outlook uh, from, from you know, week to week and sometimes day to day. So they don't really have a, a process in place that's allowed them to deal with that. Uh, they don't have a process in place um, that allows people, um, particularly the people who are running uh, financial planning and analysis, uh, to answer the, you know, what if thus and such happens uh, and be able to do it right away, not uh, I'll get back to you with that. Uh, to be able to answer it in, in seconds or maybe minutes, uh, instead having to have, take hours or days to, to do that. Um, so one of the, uh, the causes of that is that the planning process itself is not just, it's just not set up to be able to give that kind of rapid response to a what if question. Um, and and to, to be able to do that, the first thing you need to do is, is to break down uh, the siloed business processes, uh, business planning processes that most companies have to, to do what, what I call integrated business planning. Uh, you need to be able to um, uh, break that um, uh, process down so that you can very rapidly uh, produce an integrated set of financials, not just a, a budget or a PL, but also one. Um, series uh, that includes the P&L, the balance sheet, and especially the cash flow, because there are just an awful lot of, of, uh, of companies that um, really want to know what their cash flow looks like three months down the road, next month, eight months from now, under different kinds of scenarios. And so, you know, one of the things that uh, comes come out, what's come out of, of our uh, research is uh, that um, uh, companies 
uh, find it challenging to be able to do that kind of scenario planning uh, because the um, the data that they need to be able to um, measure uh, and come up with, you know, quantitative uh, answers to, to these kinds of what-if uh, questions, they, they just don't have uh, the, the data there, the data that allows them to, to measure trade-offs. Um, only 12% uh, of the companies in our most recent research uh, said they had all of the data that, that they needed to be able to do this. And in fact, a majority, 60%, say, um, they have little or no ability uh, to, to measure those trade-offs. They just don't have, have the numbers. And I think why that's, that's consequential in, um, uh, you know, today is that, you know, the standard, you know, base case, upside, downside process that a lot of companies do, most companies do, you know, it's only adequate uh, under pretty steady state conditions. And I say adequate because, yeah, it'll do, um, but it isn't by any means ideal or what I think companies ought to be doing. Uh, I think they need to be able to rapidly construct and evaluate detailed scenario plans um, at, at the business planning, individual business unit level, um, and, and be able to do that uh, to deal with this kind of uncertainty, to run through different scenarios. Um, and, and, and they also uh, need to be able to, to do that it, it very rapidly uh, so that they're not spending, so that there's no latency in the decision-making process. Um, and, um, and so, you know, yeah, the, the, you need to be able to do rapid scenario planning um, and you need to be able to do that quickly. So um, that uh, is, is where I think, you know, the, the disconnect is. Yeah, and that, uh, that obviously leads us to our next question, Rob, which uh, as we're seeing that disconnect, what do you think that, that the planning and budgeting space uh, will endure into the future? Well, uh, I, th I think... I hope what, what endures is uh, recognition that it's essential uh, to be able to do this kind of rapid scenario planning, um, not just uh, under, you know, current conditions, but all the time. Uh, because uh, I, I, I think, well, it's, it's essential when you're looking at one in a million black swan kinds of events. Um, I think rapid scenario planning and all that goes along with that is useful even under very steady state uh, conditions. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the type of, of approach to, to, uh, to planning and budgeting uh, that makes the process that much more useful. Um, if you're able to um, uh, do that kind of rapid planning it's, it's not only useful for kind of anticipating what might happen, but it also kind of shortens the whole planning process generally. So along with, with, with building up this capacity to do this, um, the other thing that I, I, I sincerely hope endures is a sense of purpose that uh, what we've just gone through uh, will change um, the process. Uh, there is, there will be a recognition that uh, the, the process isn't adequate to, to run a company. 
The process is fine for creating an annual budget, putting it in a drawer and filing it away, who cares? Um, and then, but, but it isn't good for uh, running a business. It isn't as useful. So I, I really do hope that there's a change in expectations, especially at the senior levels of, of a corporation. Yeah, I think that, it's, No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's really important that, uh, you know, obviously we've just, we're in the midst of a very, you know, huge black swan event, but prior to that, we were having so much rapid change uh, in, in the world before that. I mean, think of the, the tariff crises, uh, a lot of the socio-political changes, that was having a huge impact on a lot of industries even before the pandemic came and, and the pandemic has created that accelerant. Um, so from my perspective, I, I'm seeing and hearing a lot of uh, organizations as using this as the moment to change and, uh, and do exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because uh, again, you know, to your point, it isn't just black swan events. You know, we're, we're going to go through um, any number of different scenarios um, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, um, and they're all going to have uh, potentially a pretty substantial impact on the business. So, it, you know, it ought to be even part of strategic planning to be able to run through different contingencies and say, well, what happens if, and how do we restructure this part of the business in the face of that? And then how does that play out? Uh, both in terms of the operating plans, but also especially in terms of financial plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so as we, as we think about um, those changes, and uh, obviously the pandemic has created a, uh, a huge remote workforce pretty much overnight, which, uh, which no one really expected. What do you see as the, the role of uh, integrated business planning in, in supporting those remote and, and what I'm sure will continue to be hybrid workforces as uh, many folks decide that they actually do want to head back into the office? Um, you know, I'm seeing it more and more within our organization. We, we have people that are choosing to go into the office as it's now open um, for, for their reasons. And, and obviously other people are, are trying to become remote full time. What do you see IBP doing there? Well, let me first make sure that we're all on the same page of, of, of what we mean by integrated business planning. Um, uh, I, 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 <clears throat> I coined this term more than 10 years ago to um, refer to a, 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 tech, a, a technology enabled planning and budgeting process um, that um, uh, is able to um, support uh, much more rapid planning cycles, one that breaks down uh, siloed planning and budgeting into a, an integrated process, uh, one that supports a high participation, one that's collaborative, uh, one that uh, ultimately is, is action-oriented. Uh, there's a business purpose to, to, to planning and budgeting. Uh, so that's... Um, uh, what I mean when, when, when I talk about integrated business planning, I think what Rowan, you were uh, referring to. Um, I, I think one of the, the benefits of integrated business planning is that you wind up with not only an agile process, but one that, that also aligns all part of the business. Um, and, and if the business is operating remotely in hybrid modes and you need a lot, a lot of flexibility to be able to manage a process. Um, 
And I, I believe that, um, that, you know, starting with a planning process that um, operates on a single platform, if you will, a planning platform where uh, everybody's using the same system to do the planning, the, the way in which each individual business unit plans is done just the way they need for it to be done. But the, the, all of the data, all the outcomes of that plan are available to everybody else. That allows for a much more collaborative process and it makes it possible for um, all sorts of people who are working uh, remotely, uh, organizations that are running a hybrid organization. Um, the, the planning process is, is just gonna run a lot more smoothly um, and a lot more seamlessly because the technology is there to support that kind of a dispersed and distributed uh, planning process. Um, one of the things that, one of the reasons we really push this idea of integrated business planning is, is that our research shows that um, you get better results from it. And so um, what, what, our most recent research shows is that you know companies that have a um, a planning process where all of the you know the data the plans you know all of that information is directly linked um, they have uh, two thirds of them have a planning process that works well or or, or very well uh, and that's compared to um, forty percent where that information winds up getting copied. Um, into a single view, um, and I would include in that where you're consolidating a bunch of, of desktop spreadsheets, and in 25% where you know there's little or no connection. It's just you know somebody's kind of typing in numbers to you know that type of thing. So, an effective uh, planning process is one that's integrated, one that um, uh, supports high participation. It's collaborative. It's action oriented, um, and it's fast. So, what, um, you know, your thoughts, Rowan, on that? Yeah, we, you know, what we saw in the middle of the, uh, in the pandemic is, is obviously monthly cycles went to weekly, weekly cycles went to daily, and daily cycles went to hourly, right? And, uh, and I think that um, that speed with which people needed to operate uh, at that point in time is going to live on. Um, and the demand for that, those cycle times to have decreased as significantly as they did and that high-frequency decision-making is going to live on, um, especially as we talked about, that the change is going to just keep coming. Um, the, you know, aside from the, the pandemic itself, there's going to be this just continuous change in the market. We saw it even beforehand. And, and so that demand, that need of this cycle times is going to increase. And especially as we, we may see a, a much more remote distributed workforce as, as we talked about. Yeah, I think one of the uh, en enduring benefits of, of this recent experience is um, if, if you have children and they barge into some professional meeting everybody's just perfectly fine with that. 
Well, I'm glad I've got a mute button on my microphone because my kids were uh, were going pretty loud before while you were talking. So <laughs> uh, nice and easy. And so, Rob, you know, in terms of that unification, um, you know, we talked about it in a remote capacity, right? Um, more specifically around how finance would, would be able to integrate their processes. But when we think of planning, it's not, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not an individual sport, it's a team sport. And when we think about that in an organization, it's very cross-functional. I mean, the, the, the needs of finance to rely upon workforce planning, revenue planning, all sorts of uh, disparate planning activities. How do, you see, uh, how do you see this unifying organizations cross-functionally in a distributed way? Yeah, so let me uh, you know bring up this this little visual here uh, to, to you know make the point that you know for those of us who, who spend any any time thinking about you know, and observing how uh, companies do their planning and budgeting, the thing is that there's an awful lot of planning going on throughout the uh, throughout a company throughout an organization. Um, you know, you have uh, you know demand plans being drawn up. You have uh, the supply chain people doing supply chain planning, marketing people doing marketing planning, sales forecasts, revenue forecasts, all of that. There's a lot of planning going on, um, and then they do a financial plan based on a lot of those plans, um, which is what we call the budget. Um, and, you know, today most of, of of that kind of integrated plan, it's the budget. And it's a budget that's assembled out of siloed based individual spreadsheets. Uh, so, you know, the point of integrated business planning is, is just that, to break down the silos, to unify uh, the, the, the planning process cross-functionally, uh, where, you know, you plan just the way you want to plan as, as a business unit, but the information of, of, from other plans is, is also there um, to kind of inform what you're planning to do. So um, to do that, of course, you need to have it all on, on, on a single platform. That's where the, the technology uh, comes in. Um, and, and, you know, so one of the, the, the things that, that becomes possible at that point is, is that, you know, for the FP&A organization, what they then can orchestrate is, is not simply, you know, pulling together a, a bunch of spreadsheets, but making the information available uh, to, to, you know, from one group to another. And so one, you know, perfect example of that is, is um, you know, I'm, I'm putting together the, the headcount part of my budget. Um, and, you know, here I am, I'm running a factory uh, and I've got all these people working there. So I've got, a, you know, this headcount thing and I have to, now spend an awful lot of time uh, ruminating over uh, what's going to happen to salaries, what's going to happen to employment taxes, you know, is it this percent, that percent, um, you know, think about all, all kinds of things that really aren't in my wheelhouse, aren't my area of expertise. Well, wouldn't it just be great if in putting this together, the person running that factory just kind of puts down what's the headcount month by month, and then information coming out of the HR organization multiplies that by the, you know, whatever rates they've come up with, whatever salaries are going to be, whatever employment tax is going to be. And that generates uh, the, you know, the line, budget line items for headcount. Um, that would be something that would very much simplify um, the process for the, for that factory owner, uh, the factory manager. 
And, and it would also uh, probably produce a much more actionable, accurate uh, headcount budget when you apply that across the entire company. Um, and, you know, so the same thing applies to um, maybe non-financial things where, say, um, the marketing organization, it's put together its plan, and its plan involves promotion for a product that begins, you know, this month, uh, this certain month, you know. Well, it would be great if I'm running that factory to know that, you know, in April, they're planning a promotion so that beginning in February, I can start to build up inventories in a way that uh, uh, produces the lowest uh, uh, possible inventory level and lowest manufacturing cost. As we think about that, Rob, you know, obviously it's really important uh, that to, to drive this collaborative experience, you have to communicate uh, the strategy really well, right? Um, with, with, all collaboration, communication is probably the most important piece. How should organizations think about that? Well, um, <clears throat> I've, I've often you know, said that, that planning and budgeting um, ought to be viewed as um, a, a, a process of a, of a, of a structured dialogue. Um, it's, it's structured because there are numbers involved. It's quantifiable. It's not, oh, well, you know, revenues are going to be up. It's, well, revenues are going to be up by 14%. They'll be up, you know, 6% here and 25% there and so on. So it's, it's, it's structured. But, but as important, maybe even more important, it's actually a dialogue. It's a, a dialogue involving leadership team, executives, managers. So it requires uh, communication between everybody uh, during the planning and budgeting process. And you need to have systems to promote and support uh, just that dialogue. Um, and and a, a dialogue means that the process is collaborative. Um, uh, collaboration is built on, uh, on, on communications to support that dialogue. Um, the, the reason why it, it, it must be collaborative is that, it, well, just look at what happens if it isn't. Um, if in the end um, uh, you, you don't have a, a sense of collaboration, then I think you wind up with uh, a lack of accountability um, in, in how you look at the performance. Because if the process, if the, if, if the dialogue is cut short and in the end, um, you know, uh, the, the, the budget is just pushed down to um, a, um, a you know to, to a, a bit a business unit and you know, then then that business unit is simply going to say well that's the finance department budget that's not my budget um, and um, so you really need to have um, a, a high degree of collaboration to get a process that works uh, where, where there is sufficient buy-in and, and accountability uh, to make it a useful business process. And, and again, our research uh, kind of backs that assertion up uh, because you know, what we found in, is that 85% of companies that collaborate effectively, um, uh, they have a well-managed uh, planning process and 11%, only 11% 11 of companies that, uh, that don't, 
have a well-managed process. So, I, I, you know, um, well, what, what, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't mean for this to be a monologue. What, what, what do you guys see in, in your discussions? Yeah, as, as we talk to, to customers, obviously, you know, the collaboration and communication go hand in hand and, and the people that do that well generally outperform their competition in, in whatever way that may be, whether it's, you know, the speed of their planning process, uh, whether it's the integrated nature of their planning processes or whether it's uh, their, their compressed cycles. You talked about agility, right? So, those companies that are able to do that are much more effective. Um, and, and that just comes from that collaboration culture uh, where they've leveraged uh, capabilities, whether it be technology or whether it be just internal processes that allow that, um, that collaboration to happen. And I would say a lot of that comes from leadership of the organization in terms of how cross-functional they've made their organizations as well. Uh, I'm sure if you, you dug a level deeper into here, you would, you would find a lot of commonality as to the types of leadership and, and, and those types of elements that actually uh, correlate really well and probably uh, are a causation of some of these stats that you've got here, Rob. So um, obviously, um, obviously what we're talking about here helps with a lot of uh, continuity, business continuity. Uh, it, it helps uh, companies in, in situations like this uh, really focus on thrive or survive um, versus the alternatives, um, especially if they can rapidly adapt to, to what's going on in the external markets. So how should companies thinking about uh, doing this, making this change, Rob, uh, try and promote that readiness or get ready to, to do something like this? Well, I, 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 let's go back to the point that it isn't just about black swan events. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having this capability to uh, do rapid contingency planning means that your planning cycles generally are going to be a lot faster. Um, and it isn't just about sort of the edge events. It's, it's about dealing with everyday business. I mean, you mentioned tariffs, you, you know, mentioned, you know, any number of things. Um, and what often comes to my mind is, is, you know, pilots train in simulators and, and it's not just so that they can handle in-flight emergencies that happen, you know, once in a million times. Uh, it's, it's there to build up muscle memory to deal with, the stuff that's just a bit out of the ordinary, being able to, oh, okay, we all know how to do this. We've worked together in cockpits. We've, we've, we've simulated this event, this piece of equipment getting knocked out. You know, if you just want to be able to be in the mindset that I'm ready for anything, not I've got three scenarios <laughs> that, I'm, that are pretty much tops down and pretty much just numbers oriented. So, um, you know, I, I, I think you want to be able to um, have the ability to do that kind of, you know, rapid uh, scenario planning, uh, have a process uh, that's, that's built for agility uh, and built uh, uh, for people to collaborate and communicate very rapidly uh, as, as they, they build and rebuild uh, uh, plans and budgets. Um, so, you know, and, the point I would make there is, is what we found in, in our research is, um, and I don't want to be tedious about, you know, ragging on, on spreadsheets all the time. Spreadsheets are absolutely essential. I've been using them for 40 years. 
but they're not always the right technology. And sometimes um, uh, they really do get in the way. Uh, and I think that's true in planning and budgeting. Uh, dedicating planning software in, in our research, it, it just works better. Uh, two thirds of the companies in, in our recent Office of Finance research, benchmark research, uh, said that uh, you know their, uh, the, 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 those that use dedicated uh, planning application had a, a process that 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 works well, um, and uh, but only thirty six percent of companies that use spreadsheets uh, can say that. Uh, I, I will you know that was done last year. I, I bet if I asked that question right now, I'd get a very different answer, uh, where uh, that thirty six percent might actually be quite a bit lower. So. Um, yeah, so continuity and readiness is, is I think, uh, you know, absolutely essential uh, in, in pandemic times, but also uh, when things go back to what we used to call normal. Yeah, and I would say it's not just uh, the, the technology that supports that. It's, um, it's the mindset that those companies have approached. And, you know, your pilot analogy was, was a good one. If you think about the mindset of, of airlines and pilot training, it's one of continuous improvement. Every time there's, there's something that happens, very minor, right? We have black boxes in, in a plane to diagnose and try and uh, fix any issues that, that may or may not happen. And they have a culture of continuous improvement all the time. And I think that's the, the important aspect here is, you know, the, the software, and I have to say this is obviously important, but I think it's the, the culture and the vision that, that organizations are trying to create that is actually more important um, and, and trying to, to, to really be that continuous improvement organization across the enterprise is, is a huge factor as well. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely agree with that. Oops. And, and so this uh, this begs the question: What's what's holding people back from from kind of doing becoming that strategic partner, becoming that uh, continuous improvement organization? Well, I could, I could spend another half an hour talking about this, but we're <laughs> we're over time here, so let me be very brief. Um, I, I think if I, I look at some of the you know proximate causes, is that a lot of finance organizations are too busy fighting fires. Uh, to be strategic. Uh, there's all the little day-to-day -day stuff that occupies everybody's time. Um, and, and there's not time left over to step back and say, well, let's change things. Let's make things different. Well, I'd love to, but I'm too busy to figure out how to save time. Uh, and then I think also, you know, it's, uh, there's the, you know, within finance organizations, you know, changing something, that's kind of risky. And, uh, uh, people, you know, tend to be a bit risk averse there in, in finance organizations. But I, I think to get back to an important point you made earlier just now uh, is, uh, you know, there needs to be leadership. Uh, this is very much um, a, a question of change management. And change management means that uh, starting from the top down, uh, and I mean the CEO and the CFO, uh, they're in agreement that uh, the planning and budgeting has to fundamentally change. Uh, it's possible to do that. The technology is there, but before that, you know, can have any impact, uh, the willingness to change has to be there. And uh, finance, uh, the FP&A organization, uh, for its part, I, I think the FP&A organization needs to be <clears throat> uh, thinking more um, outside in about what its role is. Uh, I think they need to serve uh, the rest of the organization in, in a in a very um, active way, um, not just be stewards of a budgeting process, but 
actively enabling the rest of the organization to plan and budget uh, much more efficiently, uh, make it more action-oriented. Absolutely, and I know we've got a statistic here that says nine out of 10 execs uh, want their finance organization to be a strategic partner. I, w I won't question the motivations of that, uh, that, that one out of 10 executive, but um, you know, the, the key concern I would have, you know, given what we've seen happen over the last 18 months is, is this last uh, section of this, this quote here, which is fewer than 25% will actually evolve into this role. And, uh, and that really leads me on to my next question, uh, which is, you know, if that's the case, how can we prove that fact wrong? What can, uh, what can organizations do today, now, Rob, uh, to, to actually, um, you know, move the needle here. Yeah, well, I, I certainly hope uh, that this is a cloudy crystal ball and that, in fact, as a result of, of what's just happened, that um, uh, we do see a, a much higher percentage evolving into that role. But um, uh, I guess my, my uh, skepticism is that, uh, that change is difficult. Um, what 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 can you know people what, when I'm watching this this dialogue do? Well, I, I think um, uh, pretty much laying down a vision, trying to sell a vision of what planning and budget, budgeting ought to be, of of being able to demonstrate uh, that change is possible, that it uh, entails limited risk, that there are real operational business benefits. Uh, to, to changing how, uh, how businesses uh, plan and budget, that those changes actually will make the process uh, faster uh, and much more useful to the participants in the planning and budgeting process than what they have today. So that in the end, uh, there's something in it for everyone, uh, something for the CEO, uh, uh, who can now see a, uh, an integrated plan um, and changes to that integrated plan based on contingencies uh, extremely rapidly, if not instantly, mm -hmm. uh, who can ask questions, well, what if this happens and get an answer uh, for the CFO uh, who can get an integrated um, income stimulated balance sheet and uh, cash flow forecast uh, that's uh, backed by some level of detail. Um, and, uh, and for the, uh, the, the, the budget owners themselves or the business owners, um, what they can have is, is a, a, a planning process that gives them much more useful feedback about their performance. So um, uh, that in a very large nutshell is, is what I think uh, can move the needle. 